when you get down to it, everyone has to be aggressive with how they diet. But I think there's a way to be more educated on how to do it. And I think there's a, a lot of edu- miseducation and people doing these crazy protocols that are so terrible for your body. Um, like it's not a good idea to take a bunch of diuretics without water, without sodium and supplementing with potassium. Hey guys, welcome back to Adventure Fit Radio. Today, what we have for you, we have a great show with the wonderful Lauren Conlon. So Lauren is a IFBB um, figure competitor. Uh, she's also uh, she's got a bachelor in um, exercise science, and she's just a really well-rounded, lovely chick. She also has a really cute giggle, which you'll notice in the show. She's taken, so that's kind of going to come off a little bit inappropriate and creepy, but she's um, she's great. I had a great time chatting to her and. Um, you guys are going to love it. Anyway, this show is brought to you by Quash Creative. Head to quashcreative.com and quote radio to get a free SEO report or a report on your current or existing brand. We're also brought to you by Audible. Check out audibletrial.com forward slash ADVF radio to get one free audiobook and 30 days to check out what, uh, what Audible is all about. If you're not on Audible, you should be. And last but not least, we are brought to you by Adventure Fit Travel. Head to, uh, head to Adventure Fit Travel, guys. If you head to our Facebook page at the moment until Friday, this show will be released on Monday until Friday, we're having a giveaway of one of our Bali trips. So we've got a bunch of trips that we've just released this year and to celebrate, um, in, sorry, sorry, we've released this year in anticipation for next year. And to celebrate, we're giving away one ticket on our Bali trip. All you've got to do is go and comment on the uh, post, which is ta- tagged at the top of our Facebook page. Comment winner, and you will uh, you'll get the next steps to enter the draw. So that's pretty exciting. Get out there and have a look at that. Um, yeah, head to www.adventurefit travel for, uh, for all things adventurefit related. And, uh, and use the code word radio to get 10% off any and all trips. Here's Lauren. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Rule number one, no touching of the hair or face. And that's it. Yo. Discovery Roger, go for guys welcome back to adventure radio today we are sitting here with the lovely lauren conlon before uh before we throw over and welcome lauren into the show as usual <coughs> we're gonna start with a little bit of tommy's tribute Alrighty. hey welcome aboard lauren <laughs> Hello. here we go so alrighty, i have done a cover of tiny dancer all right this is my personal favorite of mine and it's a little uh it's a little uh, original rendition as well, so we'll see how we go. Uh, yeah. I'm blackhead, baby. I'm powerlifting lady. She'll help you get your goals. Pretty eyes. Genuinely attractive looking behind <laughs> She's an ex-scientist uh. So Laura Cullen You've made a stand In the IFBB Pro I think I fucked the words uh. So lick it all What's next for you? We want to know just what you do Welcome aboard. 
Oh my gosh. Well, hello, you guys. <laughs> that was great. So funny. I was like, when you first started saying it, I was like, wait, are they thinking about me? Yeah. yeah. I love it how. Yeah. Um, what do you mean? I'm a horse. I'm a dude. I'm a guy. I love it how. Uh, I'm a little slow. I love it how, how creepy you get. When we have um, when we have a, a good-looking woman on the show, Tommy, it's, I get uh, a little weird. It's, yeah, I don't really uh, serenade guys by saying genuinely attractive looking behinds. Um, <laughs> but I just, you know, I've got, I've just hope, look uh, on Google. Hope that wasn't too too creepy for you, Lauren. It's it's uh, it's it's just Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you guys so much for having me on. I am excited to be here despite some technical difficulties we've all dealt with. Yes. <laughs> keep that uh, but, keep that keep that uh, keep that out of the show Lauren. We'll, uh, we'll cut that in. <laughs> no, uh, it's good. Oh, it's good. No, we finally we're joking, No, we're, we're joking. joking. We finally uh, we finally did figure it out after some Skype technical uh, technical issues. So anyway, Lauren, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, and what you do? All right, so I am an IFBB bikini pro. If you picked that up in the song, yep. uh, I <laughs> have yeah, <laughs> I have a uh, master's in exercise science where I did some pretty cool research where it looked at flexible dieting versus a meal plan. So I looked at eating behaviors and weight loss and weight regain, all that jazz. I own a online coaching and consulting business where I work with clients one on one, whether they're non-competition or competition clients. I also do a ton of uh, Skype posing consults and just do a lot of competition-based consults that way. Nice. Uh, I'm sponsored by a few companies, uh, notably First Form and Celestial Bodies. So if you guys are in the – oh, you guys are all the way in Australia, so never mind. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So First Form, it would be a little bit expensive to ship over there, but – uh, Celestial Bodies might have some kind of international distribu- distribution in the future. They're a clothing brand, okay. uh, which doesn't affect you guys. Actually, they do have a pair of men's leggings, but okay, they're women's great. leggings. Great. We're, uh, we're in a leggings. We go both ways. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what else? I'm terrible at introducing myself. Oh, I have a podcast with uh, my friend Paul Rivella. Uh, oh, it's called – Old Polly, uh, Redefine Healthy Radio. So if you guys are interested in another podcast, we do that. And uh, what else? I'm trying to think. I do you know, just traveling, seminars, speaking engagements, and me and my boyfriend have a small t- graphic t-shirt company. Nice. <laughs> cool. Very uh, a bunch of yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of uh, a lot of information for us to. Uh, it's enough to get us started, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that was the show actually, Lauren. And, uh... <laughs> So. Yeah, I'm so bad at doing introduc- introductions and endings are just like not my jam. But <laughs> so there's That's, a little word ramble about me. <laughs> it's uh, it's good. So what um what led you into exercise science? Firstly, uh, so I started actually as a dietetics major. Okay. Uh, in my undergrad, and I was always interested in you know healthy eating and you know exercise. At the time, I was running track. Uh, for all through high school and track and cross country. And I actually grew up with an eating disorder. So I'd been to dietitians before and was just interested in, you know, food. And I was like, wait, somebody like you can like make money off of like telling people what to eat. Like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So uh, kind of like most people, when you start college, university, you don't really know what you're doing. So I jumped into that. And then I was like, oh, this really just isn't for me because of just the way that the courses are taught. Uh, you would think that things would be a little bit more evolved, but they really haven't as far as the academic side of things. So mm-hmm. I decided to make the switch to exercise science, which was a lot more open-ended and you can do pretty cool research with diets and, you know, manipulating all that and including exercise as well. So I got my undergrad in that, did some undergrad research. Like I helped out with people's projects and then I decided to do my master's. And again, my master's is in exercise science, but I was looking at how different types of diets affect, you know, your weight loss and weight regain. Yep. But it's all under the context, of course, of resistance training. And uh, our lab is pretty cool. We focus mostly on like physique uh, sports and physique like athletes, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is uh, not very common, obviously. (laughs) So uh, I fell into a pretty cool lab and got to use exercise science as a you know, it's a very big like umbrella kind of term for a degree. Like you learn about a lot of different things. Yeah, involved. my brother's my brother's doing it at the moment. Actually, he's just finishing up an exercise okay, an yeah. exercise science degree. So yeah, I know through him obviously a, a, a lot of what you mean. It's very, very, very broad. It's very broad, which is cool. You know, because then you can really take it in any direction and specialize how you want, which mm-hmm. I like. Mm. Um, so and there's actually a pretty good. There's a good amount of research, especially in the physique area and body composition area from Australia. So. Uh, you guys probably know, you know, a lot about that, but 
it's not as common over in the States, uh, and it's becoming more popular, but really there's, you know, there's only a few key people who are interested in this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, understandably, you know, most research is done on actual disease states and things, you know, like cancer, but, uh, <laughs> for, for nerdy bodybuilders, there are there's a small group of people who are interested in this. For sure. Hey, Lauren, can we, um, can we touch back on, and I don't know how comfortable you are um, talking about it, but can we touch back on a point that I think is quite interesting, which is the um, um, you eating disorder. You, yeah, you mentioned earlier yeah. that you um, that you had uh, some sort of eating disorder when you were younger. Do you mind elaborating on that? Is it something you're comfortable no, talking about? Yeah, no, I'm totally fine talking about that. Mm-hmm. So it started uh, pretty young, I'd say around like. It was, it didn't, you know, whenever someone has an eating disorder, it doesn't, you don't just like wake up one day and have one. It's an eventual gradual building. So Mm. I would say from like eight to 10, I just had kind of like probably disordered eating. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it kind of got really bad. And the peak was around like 12 to 13. And, Mm -hmm. um, I was very, very thin. I was obviously very much restricting what I was eating. I was compulsively exercising, uh, I grew up riding horses, and uh, so I would be at the barn, which is very, uh, you know, taking care of a horse on top of, you know, riding is one thing, but then you have to take care of the horse and do all these extra chores with it, um, and just around the farm, and then I would do on top of that, like, extra running and stuff, and I would always just play it off, like, oh, I like running, I like running, uh, and then I got to the point where, like, I literally couldn't leave the house without doing, like, 500 sit-ups, like, Whoa. before the, yeah, like, you yeah. know, just, like, weird, you just make up weird uh, behaviors like that, so, um, and I was, you know, pretty underweight for somebody who was at my height. And then uh, finally, uh, you know, it got it got pretty obvious, and like, you know, my eyes were sunken in, and just, you know, very, very thin. So, saw a therapist uh, and also a registered dietitian, and that's kind of how all that started. And um, it, it was a really interesting kind of progression, going from being, you know, very young having this kind of eating disorder. Most people don't develop them until later, um, but yeah. having my young. And then using exercise in a positive way, because at first people were very kind of concerned, understandably, <laughs> when I got, uh, when I wanted to start competing, uh, because I'd really only fully recovered, I'd say probably at like 14, you know, I was getting better, better. And then through high school, you know, I was, you know, track and cross country. So I was, but I was eating more, you know, I was fueling myself properly, but still probably under eating a little bit, to be honest, Yeah, yeah. but not like, not anorexic. Like it was a huge difference of like anorexia versus like I'm under eating probably a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and then once I found competing, uh, that was kind of a initial scare with like my family and friends. They were like, Oh, is this just another way so you can starve yourself? And it's like, no, uh, this is actually like, I have to like fuel myself properly. Um, and in order to look my best. So now we, we all know that there are people who definitely massively under eat for very long periods of time, but in general, it's a lot healthier than I would say than a typical anorexic diet, which is mm. very, very restrictive of just total calories and like not really any regard yeah. to sparing muscle and sure. you know, caring about how you perform in the gym. So uh, yeah, it was, it's, it's definitely been something that was, that kind of shaped my whole trajectory in life, uh, which is interesting. Uh, and you know, obviously when you go through stuff, you're like, Oh, this is kind of shit, but it's good when you look back on it because that yeah. kind of got far. So <laughs> absolutely. But can I ask, um, can I ask where you think it came from? Was it, was it the magazines you were reading? Was it something that you think you were, uh, <laughs> like, was there yeah. any external, was it, was it external factors or how did it all come about? Like, that's the most interesting thing to me, especially being such a young kid. Yeah. So it's, uh, I would say that most all, anything that I've really struggled with in life is all internal. I, mm. uh, without sounding like I'm crazy, I make things, you know, you make things up in your head. So Whoa, in my head, crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually crazy. Um, but I, I always felt that I was bigger than everyone else. Um, I had a lot of friends who were, I'm just like a naturally like medium sized person, you know, I'm not like, I'm not overweight, but I'm not like super petite and I was always taller, you know, so I was just like a normal sized person. But when I had a lot of friends who were like very petite, I was like, Oh, I'm bigger than them. And then looking back, like I had other friends who were like heavier than me, but I of course didn't see that. I only saw like the smaller ones. Yeah. And, um, I just remember, you know, being like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm getting bigger. And then I like, you know, found like a tape measure and I was like, oh, well, this is what I look like. What if I eat less? Like, what if it goes smaller? And then it did. And then, you know, you kind of pick up these habits Mm. and then eventually, um, it was just like small things at first. But then as most females know, if you're listening, you, before you 
you know, get your periods for the first time, you start mm. gaining weight. That's a very normal thing. Mm. Uh, and then I was like, Oh my God, I was already like watching what I was eating in the way. And then I was like, Oh, this is it. Like I can't, I can't get any bigger than this. So, mm. uh, it was all internal. Like literally nobody ever made fun of me. Nobody ever called me fat. Uh, I mean, maybe they didn't, I just didn't hear it, but I, yeah. I don't think it was never like a, uh, I was teased and I heard yes. it. Um, it was just like this internal, like I need to look a certain way because I'm deciding X and, um, a lot of, a lot of people who are anorexic, they tend to have like perfectionist and overachiever kind of personalities. So I pretty much just funneled all of that into there. And it was like this, you know, just like any disorder, it turns into this weird thing, like doing the crunches before I leave the house. Like who does that? But yeah. it, you develop these tendencies. Um, and it just, I don't know, it kind of, that's where it started, but it was Snow, all just in my head. Yeah. <laughs> mm, it's, uh, it's funny what, um, what kids think when they're, when they're so young, like me, I didn't have an eating disorder, but I definitely had a slight body dysmorphia because I genuinely, 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 as a kid growing up, I thought that the only way you would get a wife or a, like a girlfriend or somebody who would love you, like I thought when I was probably like five to 10 years old, maybe not 10, five to eight or something, I thought the only way was to have the most muscles. Yeah. Because like all the movies that um, all the movies that that I would watch at the time, like the hero was like Arnold Schwarzenegger, mm. John Claude Van Damme, Sylvester uh, Sylvester Stallone, Harry Potter, Harry Potter, yeah, yeah, <laughs> all these all these kind of guys, and it was um, and like I said, it never became an issue for me. I didn't carry it on and get an eating disorder, but it was one hundred percent for years. It was the only thing that I thought as a kid, and I could see how easily that would go the way of an eating disorder oh, yeah. should should I just have been a little bit unlucky someone might have said the wrong thing to me you know you could like you say it all starts from a small thing and becomes a big issue obviously so it's exactly, it's yeah. fascinating um, fascinating so it's funny because guys always have that though they have what I what I had the body dysmorphia, dysmorphia of looking Forget in the mirror too big. yeah yeah like I want I need to get bigger I need to get bigger yeah girls it's girls it's the other way around so um yeah, right. So, well, that, uh, but that really is just like the superhero complex of mm, chicks having the skinniest waists and mm, the biggest tits, mm, and guys having the biggest arms and mm, the, you know all that. Like, it's just yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. So, so, um, so that took you from um, from into where were we at? You were at uh, yeah. You started getting into like actually healthy exercise, and that kind of changed your mind. You, you kind of started looking at yourself like, I suppose, like an athlete who needs to be feared and needs to be yeah. able to. You, you you went from like I suppose would it be fair to say you went from aesthetics to performance in a way? Yes, for sure. And before, like the aesthetics were not even like to like look good. It was just like I want to be thinner. Like it was like this weird kind of thing. Like, yeah. but um, then yeah, definitely as I started um track and cross country, and I you know obviously I'd gone to therapy and you know learned a little bit more, and thankfully I have a you know, a family who like cares about me. So they were like on top of everything, you know, <laughs> whatever. Um, so they kept me in check with things. So, you know, maybe if I didn't have them or had that therapy, like, I don't know where I would have been or whatever, but very luckily I had all that and a good support system. And then when I turned to, you know, once I got to high school and started running, you know, and doing well, I was like, okay, I'm doing pretty good at this. Like I need to like be better, you know, and started again fueling towards that kind of performance mindset and like, Oh, and then I started, you know, like, Oh, we're going to go to the, the weight, <laughs> weight room, you know? And uh, I was like, I was weak as shit, obviously like everyone when you first start working out. And, um, I was probably like 16 when we started, you know, like doing a little bit of working out. It wasn't mm. like anything serious, mm-hmm. but, um, that would probably be the first time I started like weight training. And then, uh, through the course of my track career, I am very, very, very injury prone. I have been my whole life. And, um, so I had many injuries during track and became like the poster child for, uh, cross training. (laughs) Um, Mm. but, uh, after that I was like, man, I like really like this weightlifting thing like more than I like running actually. (laughs) So I started, I joined a gym. So like I was doing track, like I have my horse and I was like trying to go to the gym as much as I could do to like lift. And, um, I would do spin classes like a few times a week. Like I was just like a nut (laughs) and I just like loved it. And then as soon as track was over, I was like, fuck this, not running ever Mm. again, going to become a weightlifter. And then, uh, I, the first gym that I really joined like the other gym I was at like I was doing a little bit of stuff but the first like real gym I joined was like this super bodybuilding centric old school gym Mm -hmm. and so when you're 18 and like like you that's like your first gym it was the summer before I went to 
college, so I didn't have jack shit to do, you know? So I would just <laughs> work out and eat and, you know, just do like work a little bit, you know, but nothing like serious. I'm 18. Yeah. That's and good. that's uh, what you want to be doing at Iden. Yeah. Yeah. It was literally like, okay, I'm going to work some jobs. I'm going to go to the gym, you know? So, and then, so we, I fell into this like bodybuilding culture, like male bodybuilding culture. And I thought every gym was like that, of course. <laughs> like, yeah. like looking back, I'm like, oh my God, I had no idea how lucky I was to like be surrounded by these people. And um, so that kind of like planted that seed in my head. And then I saw my first show and I was like, holy shit, this is cool. <laughs> and uh, like, I want to look like these jacked girls. And at the time, this was when figure still looked almost like bikini looks now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was like, man, I want to do this. So that was kind of my first intro to real weightlifting, like very structured, like outside of track. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so that was a pretty interesting first, like <laughs> real gym experience. Yeah. Just chucked in there with all the, uh, all the meathead dudes. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. That's how I've always trained. So it's either like, meathead uh bodybuilders or powerlifters and so that's how people all like get interviewed and they're like how do you like how do you feel like being a woman in the weight room and i'm like i don't even think about it like it's yeah. just like 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 why would i even literally you guys will laugh at this so i when i started my undergrad at florida state which if you if for anyone who doesn't know it's a very big university uh in the u.s and it's a big party school it's like a huge school it's like 40 50,000 people and um so I get to the gym and this is in 2010. So it's, you know, seven years ago, way less girls weight trained. Like honestly, like barely anyone was training. Right. So I get to the gym and they're like, Oh, the girl section's over there. And I was like, the fuck? I'm like, the girl, like, what the fuck are you talking about? And there was like a few dumbbells and like one cable and like a fucking bouncy ball. And I'm like, yo, I am not training here. Like there's no. a whole fucking gym. Like what are you guys talking about? Yeah. yeah. You should have said the fuck off sections yeah. over there. Yeah. Why don't you go sit there? Yeah. yeah. I'm a little worried about the jerking off section. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, hang on. I'm going to go right there now. <laughs> yeah. Which gym is this? <laughs> wait, wait, I always wait. get in trouble for jacking oh, off yeah. in the gym. I didn't know there was a section for it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so then literally after I go to that gym, for like a year that's like the school gym and then i go to like the where the real people work out quote unquote like my next year and um still there's like literally me and like one or two other girls like pretty much like the whole time i'm there there's like a few other people who come in and out but like literally it was me and a few girls the entire undergrad that's this is up to like 2014 and my when my advisor called me for my master's he was like uh he's like yeah we have this weight room i really want to do uh female physique research and i'm like dude, like, I don't know if you've looked around the gym lately, but like, there's not that many girls. He's like, I think it's picking up. He was like, he's very like forward thinking. Yeah. I'm like, Hey, whatever. And then literally I swear it's like in a year's time, like out of nowhere, it was just like girls everywhere weight training. And it became like, okay for girls to weight train and not just like do cardio. Mm. And now we have people like doing only female physique research, like in our lab. It's just because it's like, there's so many people who want to do it. It's just crazy how it's evolved like over time. Cool. So, so when you say um, female physique research, like, what do you like? Give us a, give us a, an example of like a study that you're doing or that you've done, or, or yeah. what do you, what do you so, mean that? So there's a study that we actually just did. It, it's going to be submitted pretty soon. So it was aspiring physique competitors, so girls who haven't competed before but have given it thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we designed either a bikini or a figure training plan, which. It, bikini focused a little bit more on the bikini muscles, which would be like shoulders, glutes, hamstrings, and then figure was more of a balanced approach, and they actually bench pressed versus overhead pressing. Gotcha. Um, and so, you know, we train people in the lab. They're on a certain type of diet, and then we we would we would control the training, and then we would manipulate the diet. So, like, okay, how you know different type? This one specifically was high or low protein, um, and how that affected body composition. So that's the mm-hmm. kind of research that we're doing, mm-hmm. and uh, it really is you know, pretty new as far as research goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and is, so, there, there, is there like um, pretty uh, – like does the does the research suggest oh, – well, I guess this far that there are, are pretty objective variables with this stuff? Like what I'm trying to say is are, are people just – is every sort of body different and a little bit more protein with me is super different to a little bit less protein for you or something or are there – pretty objective things that you can manipulate that actually lead to performance increase for this sort of well, stuff. This one for our, for this study in particular, the, there was a huge difference in the high versus low protein group as far as how much lean body mass was accumulated. Mm. Uh, and we use ultrasound so you can measure it. It measures fat thickness and then also lean body mass. So there was a 
statistical different the differences between the two groups um and there was about a 400 calorie difference per day in the higher protein group versus the lower protein group but they eat no more body fat Mm. so really interesting so there's still you know obviously research coming out all the time about what is optimal and like what should you do Mm. um and we are we have the ability at our lab to run studies like that that don't necessarily need like a ton of funding. It's just like, hey, can we run these cool studies like how we want to? Yeah. <laughs> and um, and that that was one that we just did. Now there's going to be other ones, and a lot of them are are mixed. It's not just females. You know, it's males and females. Yes. Uh, like my study was males and females. Um, my my uh, one of my best friends is actually doing. She goes to the same school now. Um, she's doing hers on like refeeds. So like in a caloric deficit, like does how you, uh, implement refeeds, like affect your body composition. Like that's stuff that's never been looked at. Mm. So that's kind of what we mean with physique research. So people who are interested in changing their body composition favorably. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and in a, and in a healthy way, I suppose, because mm-hmm. people like, um, people like yourself who are out there competing in IFBB, you must have a really huge leg up and advantage in the way of competitiveness, but in the way of keeping it healthy and, and beneficial for your body, basically, because a lot of people out there don't have an exercise science degree. And I mean, surely is there, with all this um, trying to get your body fat down so much, um, coming into competition, um, just the, the general ways people train and eat, do you see heaps of, and this is, a, I'm, I'm not sure, I'm obviously leading this question in a certain direction, but mm-hmm. I might be totally wrong here. Do you see problems in the way that um, guys and girls do approach their IFBB career in the way that they mainly eat, mainly diet and stuff coming into competitions? Oh, absolutely. It's not just IFBB. It's all the organizations. Um, yeah. Honestly, it's everywhere. Uh, it. I would definitely say within the past few years, things have substantially gotten better. Yeah. Um, when I turned pro three years ago, it was, I was one of the, it was like, Oh, Lauren is a flexible dieter and she turned pro. Oh my God. Like that was like a thing. (laughs) And like now it's not even a thing because there's a lot of people who, who do this. Right. Mm. And, um, when it really comes down to it, the meat and potatoes of contest prep, you're going to be eating clean. So it's just like the way it's against the semantics, right? It's getting to have the choice of, I don't want broccoli today. I want green beans, Mm. uh, or, you know, whatever. So at, at some point, I don't think, there's a at some points I don't think there's a huge disconnect because at, at the end when you have to get aggressive and you have to get body fat off of your ass you gotta you have to diet. <laughs> yeah. But I think there is a more appropriate. Sorry, there sounds like there's like a plane landing over my house. Yeah, I can oh hear the plane as well. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit! I was like, what is going on over here? <laughs> no, that's definitely a plane. <laughs> uh, Wow. Okay. Sorry. I am very sporting. Um, <laughs> so like, hopefully they can tell they're, they're definitely here. This so thing. the thing about anorexia is, ooh, a play. Yeah. <laughs> um, Come so on, I Lauren. Think- Do you like lamp, Lauren? Yeah. <laughs> I really love um, the lamp. <laughs> yeah, go on, go on. <laughs> I think that there is a, you know, there's, when you get down to it, everyone has to be aggressive with how they diet. But I think there's a way to be more educated on how to do it. And I think there's a, a lot of edu- miseducation, particularly around like peaking mm-hmm. and people doing these crazy protocols that are so terrible for your body. Mm. Um, like it's not a good idea to take a bunch of diuretics without water, without sodium and supplementing with potassium like the fact that some people still do that like blows my mind i'm mm. just like you literally want to give yourself like an arrhythmia <laughs> like yeah. you don't have like cardiac problems do people um, fuck themselves up that- in, in lead ups to comp and stuff like that is there is there people that like pull out from comps regularly and do people ever actually like harm themselves i mean there's been people who've died obviously at shows um now whether it's That's just because self. of that or not it's mm. not you know like you can't really just pinpoint one thing um but it's you know i've seen people I've, I've literally been backstage with people who are like shaking and like are like on the floor and I'm like trying to give them water. They're like, I can't drink. And I'm like, you're fucking stupid and you deserve mm. to like fucking pass out. Um, <laughs> like seriously. Like, seriously, you like, my online training program. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like, oh my gosh. Um, and so there is there is some of that information still out there. I, I try to surround myself with people who are at least – uh, or not doing that or at least are more open-minded. So I, I feel like it's less but I still hear – the crazy stories. And the thing is what, what happens a lot of times too with these big teams, right? Is so like say X team has a few like high, um, profile clients, right? Mm-hmm. So 
X team will be giving high profile clients a little bit more attention, a little bit more, you know, detail, and maybe they're not doing the normal, just cookie cutter shit program, but then that gets other people to sign up for their programs. Right. And then those people, they're thinking that they're going to get that kind of treatment and they get the same just bullshit. Of, and I just, I literally just talked to a client who's working with one of the biggest teams right now. And I was like, Oh, maybe this person's changed their methods because they've had all these, the, all this success recently. And it's all just fucking affront because mm. I'm, I'm, she's telling me what she's doing and she's just, she's an NPC, which over here is the amateur division. And she's just doing total shit. And I'm like, Oh God, it just kills me. But that's still what's going on. Like, and again, everyone has to get aggressive. Everyone has to do cardio. Everyone has to diet. But the way that things there, there is a better way to do things. Mm. So I, I think it's getting better. But there is still a lot of misinformation and there's still a lot of um, people competing. I think the, the biggest thing, not even the, the diet, it's that people don't stop dieting. And I used to be that person too. And I know a lot of people listening can probably relate. Um, it becomes like this rat race to try to turn pro. And then once you turn pro, you're trying to get to the Olympia. So it becomes all this like compete, compete, compete. And yeah. all the teams can push you to compete. And as a competitor, when you can, the more you compete, the more the judges see you, the more the judges see the, the more they recognize you and the more they're likely they're going to look at you on stage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's just like a nature of humans and their unconsciousness, you know, like you just don't even realize it, but you're like, Oh, I've seen that person a million times. Let me yeah. look at them more. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So it becomes this kind of shit show of always competing, never taking time off and always being at these low body fats and these really low calories and having these few weeks splurges and then you're trying to like get all that off and it's just it's so sad when i see people who literally their maintenance is like two hours of cardio and like maybe a sweet potato you know and you're like oh god yeah Yeah, and that's true like that's still true so it's that's kind of where the shit comes in it's less about like the little nitty-gritty details of like do you flexible diet or not it's more of just like the pressure that people put on themselves to always compete to always be super lean and we all mess up, you know, so no matter how good someone looks, there are times where they go off plan. But then when those people go off plan, their, their bodies are like shit. So then it's just like this huge compounding effect. And then you see girls retire after like a few years, you know? So you're like, well, that explains that. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the hardest sh- thing as well from what it sounds like is, um, again, especially with the rise in social media as well, with something like the IFBB, like you guys are, always on show like you i mean the like you said before that the more judges recognize you people just naturally look at people that are looked at more so you want to have your social media pumping which means you always want like a nice shot which means you always got like you're, you're kind of always on stage like how i mean I, I guess what i'm trying to ask is like do you how do you manage that it's very challenging and um i you know i'm still learning like every day how mm. to you know balance all this so uh, I've actually been going through like a weird kind of thing too, like the past few months anyway, just cause I didn't compete at all this year. Um, and I, you know, I kind of like lost my student identity and I also mm. lost my competitor identity this year. So it was kind of like this weird year of like, what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm working on my business and I'm growing that and I'm really, really happy, but it's just been this, it's just been a transition. Yep. Um, social media puts a huge amount of pressure on, on competitors to live up to that competitor uh, look and mm. that lifestyle. Right. Mm. And, um, it's not fun to post pictures when you're not lean, especially in a fucking pose and a bikini. Like you're just like, no, I don't want to do this. But I, you know, I, I really forced myself to become vulnerable and to open up to people because I was like, listen, like I know other people are going through this. There's the top elite percentage that aren't, but for everyone else who's normal, <laughs> yeah. um, we all go through this. So last year, actually for my prep, I lost, I mean, and I'm taller, I'm five, seven and I'm naturally like, again, hold size pretty well, but I lost like 28 pounds from my prep and it was over 28 weeks. But I mean, I I documented that whole thing and people at first were like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe like you're posting all these pictures. It's so great. Like nobody else does this. And I'm like, yeah, but like there are plenty of people who go through this. Like, and there's nothing worse to me in life than when you see somebody post a picture and then the next day you see them in person, you're like, bitch, you don't look like that. (laughs) And you're like, and, and I don't care. Like, okay. So obviously like a picture is going to be like good lighting, like good hair or whatever. But like the fact that like people are, are only post pictures of them being super lean from like photo shoots that they've like stocked up. Yeah. And I'm like, why don't you just show what you look like? Like you look great right now. Like why would you not try to show that? So there becomes this weird pressure on social media for sure 
to only post the good stuff and only post when you're lean because I'll be honest, that's what people comment the most on and people yeah, like the most. That's right. And it's real. It's real and yeah. you connect you connect with you know, you connect with that kind of stuff. Yeah, so it's it's been, you know, it's definitely hard. It's not easy to like open up to like, "Hey, I'm I weigh this much <laughs> or mm. I, you know, this this size right now when you're expected, quote unquote, to be a certain size." But um I've just kind of learned to diversify myself from just being a competitor. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's kind of helped me too. Like if I was only competing, then yeah, there's a different pressure too to be a certain way. But I have a bunch of other things going on as well. So I think that that has helped me uh, be able to deal with it better and just kind of show a more uh, multi-directional kind of approach on my social media. I think uh, I think it's really important for you, especially like, Coming from your background, I think it's it's the right thing to do. Someone that's had a um, yeah. had a, a an eating disorder growing up, and and yeah, but to, to really to show reality on social media because this is one of the problems that I have with a social media and b the fitness industry. And it's not a problem with the fitness industry, but I think there's so, it's it's mainly because of social media. You know that 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 I think yeah. young kids can see people in the fitness industry and they see stage photo, stage photo, stage photo, stage photo, and that might be like the little girl like that might have these images in her subconscious that she might not know, but then she just, she just ends up in the position you're in where she's, you know, starving herself and needs to be that fuck, whatever it is, 3% body fat Mm. or or whatever. I think it's so dangerous in the whole, and this goes for all social media. This goes for people that are out there doing good playing basketball, people that are striving to be, want to be a fucking movie star. And they submit like, it's just, it's that 15 seconds of the perfect part of your day or, or the perfect look or a photo that you've taken. I think to actually put some reality in there and some, you know, some negative parts of your life and some some real truth in there, it's so important. I think just mainly for young people, mainly for young people that are, that are so impressionable growing up in this mm. like social media age. And you're a perfect example of somebody who's doing it right, which is because obviously you know what the fuck you're doing with like the way you eat, the way you train, which not many people do. And you're also willing to put up, you know, both sides of the story which is which is super important as well i think the fitness industry owes a real owes it to everyone to do that because definitely they're you guys are leaders to so many people out there you have to you have to do it the right way yeah i totally agree and i think that there's a lot of positive that can come from social media depending on how you you know spin it Mm -hmm. and um for a long time i looked at it as like oh i'm not i don't care about this or i'm not going to do this or you know whatever like i just i looked at it as like oh this isn't important but then i started to realize that like i could reach a lot more people that way hopefully you know um that i would possibly never meet you know i've been to australia once but like there's going to be a bunch of people who are in australia who never see or meet again right and maybe like my photo or the caption like resonates with them and then they see it you know so I, I really think that it's important to put out positive messages like that, but also put out real stuff and realize that competing is, there's a lot of pros and there's a lot of cons to it. And yeah. if you are trying to compete year round, you're going to find yourself in trouble. And I've been there, which is why I can say it, you know, and you're going to find yourself in some serious metabolic trouble. And then that leads obviously to some psychological trouble because you, you know, you always hold yourself to this certain look and then you become like depressed because you don't look like that. And, you know, and it's just so I had, I had someone today. I mean, I get this all the time. Like, Oh, I was looking at my old prep pictures and I'm like, stop. Why are you looking at your prep pictures? First of all, we're not even in prep. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's so not 1948 it, anymore, dickhead. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we're not even, like, that is not even remotely what the goal is right now. Like, you're going to look at that and you're, you can, if you can look at, I can look at my prep pictures and go, man, like, I, like, I looked great and I can actually, like, say, like, okay, I, I know I looked good, but I know what I got to, I know how. I felt being there. I'm very yes. realistic with it, right? Yes. And I remember taking those pictures. Like, I'm going to pass out right now, but like, th- I look fucking good. Look at my abs, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas people look back at their photos and they don't see that. They just see like the glory and they're like, oh my gosh, I want to look like that again. Yeah, I'm like, totally. oh, we're not even there mentally. Second of all, don't even try to compare yourself to your photos until you're like a few pounds out from stage weight because honestly, sure. like, you're always going to compare it like you're negatively. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I find that it's so easy to do that. And I just, you know, obviously I can't speak to men as much, but for females, it's particularly prevalent just because, again, the ideal look is either for females is either like tight waist, super curvy, or you have to be like muscular and lean and like really tight and tiny, you know, like so. 
And if, as soon as people feel like they're out of that, they're like, Oh my gosh, like I, I look terrible and people are going to judge me on this. And mm. <laughs> I only coach women. Typically I've, I've coached a few males, but I coach, I would say like 98% females. Yeah. So, uh, I, this is literally what I deal with every day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's with the, the posing and all that sort of stuff as well. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, I only, yeah, I only pose, um, obviously girls. I wouldn't know how to pose a guy to save my life, but, um, <laughs> that's probably a fair point. <laughs> I've, I've died. You know, guys are actually really, I find a lot easier to diet just because guys, right. if a guy can buy into listening to me, yes. then he'll probably do whatever I say. Yes. But yes. buy-in is where you have to, you have to get them right. But they're actually very easy to like, they're like, I'll be like, Oh, do this. They're like, okay, did that. And then I'm like, wow, there's no other no, they're comments. There's no, like, yeah. there's no, the, the, like, the, the guy's probably got drool, drool yeah. hanging out of his mouth. It's probably like a, oh, So just do, okay. just do this sort of butt sort of pose if you can. Uh, show me the butt pose again for the 48th time. Where's that yeah. jerk-off uh, area in the gym again? Hey, Lauren, so um, do you um, – you obviously um, – you obviously uh, – quite uh, serious about what you do how do you stay what are some of the things that you do that you, that allow you to stay motivated stay on top of your training I mean that's the battle for everyone in no matter what they're doing I suppose is staying staying consistent like what do you do do you battle through um, do you battle through periods of you know low motivation and if so you know what do you what do you go to oh fuck yeah oh I I mean seriously like that's People always try this. Oh the other thing on social media, like, oh my god, I love working out. It's my favorite part of my day every day. I gotta love eating this fucking meal prep. They're like, no, like I know you don't. You know, <laughs> like I, I know you hate me. <laughs> like there's a lot of days I do, but there's fucking days where like I'd literally rather do anything besides work out, or there's days where I literally want to do anything besides eat the meal that I prepped. You know, yeah. And for certain days, depending on what my goals are, you just gotta you know suck it up and do it. I've yep. been doing this for so long. And I've always, you know, that part of it just kind of becomes like, even if I feel like shit and I don't want to go to the gym, I'm like, fuck, I don't want to go. And then a lot of times, like, you know, if I have like a friend that's going to be at the gym or like my boyfriend's like, hey, we need to go to the gym. Like, it's not like an option, you know, and I'm like, fuck, okay, right. Um, (laughs) That's great. So, but there's sometimes where, you know, like I'll just be like coasting through workouts, like they're not great. Um, And then what I've really found to be helpful to kind of break through those periods, because we all have them, you know, like there's all times where like, you don't want to wake up you know, when you need to wake up, you don't want to work out and you need to work out, you know, yeah. there's all these, what I found really helpful when you're going through those slumps is to try to do something new, no matter what it is, whether it's go to a new gym. So like maybe even like buy a day pass somewhere. Right. Uh, or like for the week, like, Hey, can I get a week pass here? Like try a new like setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you, you know, really get pumped up with music, like different, like, you know, music or be like, Hey, like I know when I'm really drained during prep, having someone there with me can really help just having like a physical person, like training with me. Yeah, for sure. It, just, like, it helps. Cause they're like looking at you, you know, like, okay, I got it. I got to do this. It's like know? an accountability partner. Yeah. It's the, and you know, so you can have that, uh, or switch up your training. So, uh, you know, for the most part, I would say that I typically do around the same kind of training, mostly year round. Right. But there are periods where I'm going through shit and where I'm like, I'm just going through the motions. I don't want to be here. And then, you know, you just kind of have to radically change up your program. Like I did that literally for three weeks and I'm on week four of now going back to something else. Um, and like literally just three weeks of like a radically new training program made mm. me feel like a person. That's great. Um, and it, it's so crazy because at first I was like, oh, this is different. Whatever. I'll just try it, you know. But then I literally was doing it and I was like, holy shit, like I feel so much better and I'm like out of this weird rut. So you just have to force yourself, I find, when you are in those periods to just do it and to try something new in some capacity. Uh, that usually really, really helps me and uh, helped me recently because I was in a weird rut because I've been off and on injured basically – not off and on, on injured <laughs> for like a year <laughs> and uh, – so it's just been like shit for like a year, my training and kind of like going to the gym, like, Oh, what can I do today? Probably nothing. You know, one of those kind of attitudes. Yeah. And um, so that become, that kind of wears down on you after a while. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of like, why am I here? But then I you know, tried this new thing, didn't hurt, switched it up completely. And now I'm kind of back on track. And, um, it's funny you asked that question because I literally just went through that. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I'm actually going through it at the moment. I, me and Tommy were talking about before the show, like we've we've been religious, you know, five, six day a week trainers, and we're both kind of yeah. going through a little bit of that. It's funny with me because I'm, I've been um, I've been training at a um, at a powerlifting gym the last. I've always been a, a weightlifter in the past for for a few years, and then just been doing a bit of 
powerlifting, but mainly was just doing it for the social side of it. But I was training hard. And then it's funny because at the moment, I can still drag myself to the gym because I love everyone in there. It's just banter for me. It's, it's the best. I catch up, have a great time. It's like my happy place. But I, it's funny because I'm still in the rut because when I'm at the gym, I do fuck all. Yeah, I know. You're in the jerk-off section yeah, every time. Yeah, it's, it's, just, yeah. it's really funny. I'm still I'm at the gym, but I'm still in a little bit of a mental rut with, yeah. my, with my training. But as you say, like, um, yeah, it definitely comes and goes for me. And, and I'm you know still able to do bits and pieces. So I'm not mm. you know a total bin. Yeah, human, I would but. say maybe like for anyone listening or you know for you um, – I would maybe just honestly, like I said, like radically change it for like two to four weeks. And, um, basically what I did was a kind of, uh, aerobic based strength training is essentially mm-hmm. what I did. Yeah. And a lot of it was, um, not for reps. Everything was timed. So that was different. Cause normally oh, I'm like cool. counting, um, everything was for time and it was all resistance training. So whether it was with bands or it was with weights, um, but I was very, very little rest. So I was killing, I was getting these killer workouts five to six days a week that were like 30 to 40 minutes and I was sweating my ass off out of breath, but I didn't leave feeling like totally beat up and like Mm. crushed. And it was basically like full body every time you did it. It was more like athletic movements. And I honestly did that for three weeks and I feel so much better. So it's, um, I don't know. You're talking about like a, yeah. Is that similar to CrossFit? Yeah, I was thinking, because I was thinking about doing um, F45 because I've done CrossFit for years and I've kind of like. There's a gym around the corner that I got fired from back in the day. There's a, a couple that I... I'm For being not, in the jerk-off section too and much. Then, <laughs> and then, um, yeah, and then there's an F45 around the corner. I've never done F45. I've got a bunch of mates down there. So that's actually kind of what I was thinking, Lauren, was yeah. I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to go mm. um, just go try something different, smash it out. And then I'll still be in the gym, you know. Mm. I'll catch up with some other mates that train at that gym. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's great advice, yeah, I, I think. It was, just, yeah, it go was on. great for me. I didn't. I like. I knew what I was doing every time I walked in. I didn't have to think. I would just set everything up, and I would set the timer, and I would just everything would be timed. Little rest in and out, and I was like, "Man, this is this is great." It was just like a total change up from like mm. my typical, you know, bodybuilding yeah, stylish yeah. workouts, and um, yeah. So I don't know for anyone listening who's going through a rut, maybe try something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's good. That's good advice. Hey, hey, uh, I would just uh, as we're talking about social media, Lauren just uh, was flicking through your social media. On uh, on the computer on your uh, your Instagram, I notice you've got the subtle art of not giving a fuck. There, I just read that myself. Did what did you uh, what did you think? <laughs> I was uh, way more impressed actually than I thought I would be. Did you think the yeah. first? Did you think the first chapter? I was as well. Did you think the first chapter it was just like a uh, an exercise for Mark Manson to kind of? I felt like he was just trying to prove like how cool he was. Oh yeah. I don't know. I was like, it was just like lots of, and then the, after the first chapter, I was kind of like, I'm not sure. And then like second, third, fourth, fifth, like all the rest of the I'm book sure. was epic. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. I, I, I picked it up and, uh, so we just had like a pretty bad hurricane over in Florida Yeah. and, um, my mom had it and you know, I was like, oh fuck, I'll just, I'll just read this. I've heard it's pretty good. And I love reading. And I literally picked it up with the intentions of it being like, all right. And then I was so blown away. Like you said, the first like chapter or two, I was kind of like, ah, whatever, I'll keep reading it. And then it literally got so fucking good. Yeah. And I was just so impressed with how simple the message was, but how, um, how powerful it was and ultimately how well he wrote it. Yep. And I'm kind of a book snob because I've read a lot of books. So <laughs> I'm very particular about the style and how they like present it. So like, Anything that like Malcolm Gladwell writes, you're gonna know that it's like amazing. I just bought uh, my first Malcolm Gladwell book last week. I haven't started it yet. Which one? Um, the Tipping Point. Okay, I haven't read that one yet, but um, Blink and Outliers are great. And then I feel like I've read another one too. Um, yeah, I've heard he's really good. But he's awesome, and he's just like a really good storyteller while making it in- informative. But so the same thing with that book. I, I was like I said, pleasantly surprised at how easy it was to read but got across the concepts and then also, um, you know, like I wanted to keep reading it. <laughs> have you, uh, uh, have you read 10% happier by Dan Harris? No, you should read, you should read that. So like, good. It's very much like, I feel like everything that you just explained about why you like Mark Manson is the same reason I like Mark Manson and I like Dan Harris because it's like a self-help book, not self-help, but like, self, uh, sorry, self-development, I yeah. suppose like, but it's a personal growth book. Yeah. Personal growth to, a to, memoir. To, to a degree, but it's more like, it's more written by a regular book bloke yeah. in these two cases that you kind of just straight 100% not, not like a guru yeah not like when you read you know Eckhart Tolle, Tolle for example like The Power of Now or something like that it's yeah you would love if you like Mark Manson you'd love um, Dan Harris 10% Happy I read that recently as well okay. very very similar 
writing, not writing style, but like relatability, you know? You're just like, oh, this is cool. This is just like somebody's personal story and how mm. they think of things. It's just, I mm. totally know what he means or I totally know, you know, I feel that. Okay, mm. sweet. Yeah, I'll look into that. I love, I love reading. And um, so for anyone listening, I, I posted about this book a bunch, but um, probably my favorite. So typically I'll read kind of like self-development or business or psychology type books. Mm-hmm. And because that's like, you know, something that I'm obviously really interested in and I deal with literally on a daily basis. But probably, and most of the time, books within the like eating space, I don't find very credible mm-hmm. um, or like actually backed by anything. So I just read, or I read it a few months ago. It's called The Hungry Brain. And the guy is a, um, you know, he's a PhD and he does research, uh, obesity research. And it's very easy. Well, not very easy. It's easy to read for science stuff. Yeah. He explains things very well. And it is so interesting. Like I literally was reading and I was like, oh my God. And I'd be like, holy shit. And I would like tell people and they were like, okay, it's not that cool. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. hey, it's like look up and he's like okay and i'm like <laughs> and i've talked about it like a bunch and i have so many like comments and messages of people like i got the hungry brain it's amazing thank you so like it is really 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 cool mm. um and it's actually like a like a diet slash brain but you know book so it's not uh it's actually like helpful in that area and like i said i don't usually read many books in that space because they're usually from people who are not necessarily credible yep. um, or, you know, stuff like it's like a, I don't need to read a, how to, how to die a book from Joe Schmo. You know, like I don't, I don't need to read that. So um, <laughs> this is just talking about like research and like how your basically brain is wired to eat certain ways and mm. like want you to do certain things. So really cool. Mm, yeah. Awesome. Um, well, Lauren, we uh, know we have to get you out of here at some point. Do we want to um, throw to six from six? It's a bit of a rapid fire finish to the to the show. Three questions from me, three questions from Tommy. Okay. Okay, you ready <laughs> yeah. for it? Um, don't sound too excited, by the way. Yeah, that's right. Are you <laughs> ready? Uh, yeah, I guess I am, yeah. <laughs> I get, like, super nervous with, like, this kind of stuff. Oh, um, you should be. You should be nervous. Should be, yeah. Yeah, you should be very nervous. <laughs> yep. we're, we're, bringing the, we're bringing the thunder. Here we go. So, first question is, um, what is your favorite travel destination on the planet? Somewhere that you've been that you just recommend um, above all else? Well, you guys are going to laugh, but it's Melbourne. Oh, <laughs> yes. Really? Nice one. When were you over here? Were you over here for one of the expos? No, I've never actually been I, here. <laughs> I was over here, over there, um, not this past Arnold, but the one before, so like a year and a half. Yep. yep. Um, and I was over there with, so we went over for the Arnold, and then it was a tour with um, Lane, Eric Helms, Paul, and me. And we went to Melbourne, uh, Perth, and Sydney and spoke and did like camps and seminars all there. Yeah, great. Melbourne's awesome. We live in, uh, um, I'm in Melbourne Port. Is my uh, yeah, 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 it's the best. I live in Port Melbourne, which is like the m- most closest, like beachside suburb to, um, to the city. I'm pretty much in the CBD on the beach. Uh, Melbourne's okay. just, it's just epic. It's a great time to be there uh, in Melbourne too when the Arnold's on. Um, that yeah, time of year, so. perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. So my second question is your dream travel destination. So top of the bucket list, somewhere that you haven't been that you're just absolutely keen to get to. Yeah. So um, I've always heard about people going to uh, like Bali and stuff, and mm. it just looks like so magical. But I've also heard that it's like super hot, humid, and like bugs everywhere. So I'm like, mm, not really sure about <laughs> all that. <laughs> yeah, kind of like good. that's like a huge turn off to me mm-hmm. but I um where I'm trying to think of, oh either like I don't know like Greece like that kind of area oh yeah um like that kind of by the water but um not necessarily maybe like as hot and stuff as like Bali like totally different obviously climates but either Bali or Greece, I would really like to go, and I haven't been to either of those places. So, <laughs> well, uh, Adventure Fit Travels going there in April and uh, June. So feel free to join us, Lauren. By free, I mean uh, pay, uh, not pay, free. Yeah, pay t- t- the full amount. Ten percent off if you Was use it? the code word radio, <laughs> yeah, and then uh, pass your credit card details and you're in. Yeah, <laughs> um, but um, yeah, two of the best places, two of my favourite spots. I've been to Bali ten times. Hmm. If that, oh really? <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually genuinely have uh, have been there the last five times not of my own accord i had a family holiday a best friend's wedding a mate's 40th birthday party that i drunkenly told him i would go to and then <laughs> twice twice with adventure fit um 
But I've been there five times of, of Mona Cord before that. Yeah, it's great. It's really good. Um, you just got to have a little bit of inside information because there's a couple of spots that you don't really want to go to. They're more like the touristy places that people that everybody goes to and everybody gets the wrong idea of Bali. Um, so if you ever and then do the wrong idea of Australia, yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> so if you ever do make it there, make sure you send me a um, send me a Facebook message and I'll tell you the, the places not to go and the credit card details. Everywhere else that you'll find you'll find uh, you'll find will be great. There's just a couple of places that devalue okay. the whole Bali thing. Yes. Yeah, okay, cool. So my, my last question though is um, any books that you like to recommend now? I know you just mentioned the healthy the healthy brain, but um, yeah, the hungry brain. Hungry brain, that's the one. <laughs> the healthy brain. Get you, out can find, you can find it's the healthy. Of not giving a healthy brain. You, you, you can find the healthy brain on www.nowhere.com. Yeah. But um, one, two, three, five, three. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, any books you recommend? That's a good one. Um, Suggestible You is really really good as well. Um, that's from Eric Vance. And uh, he's just a really interesting person. I would highly suggest listening to his podcast on with Tim Ferriss. Uh, yeah. It was really good. And then it got me interested in the book and the book was amazing. So that's suggestible you and it's all like on like placebo research. And again, kind of like brain stuff, but uh, just, I don't know, it's just really interesting. Cool. And so that one, uh, so good. They can't ignore you. That's probably one of my top three favorite books. Uh, I absolutely love that one. And it's basically like how, just living through like the passion hypothesis is total bullshit and how you actually have to have like a bunch of things to back that up. And, uh, which is very counter to today's culture. Just like, ah, oh, just do what I want. And then you just hope it, it works out. And that's obviously we all know doesn't work out. Yep. Um, so it's a very interesting book and kind of, pers- uh, shows the other side of that argument and really gives practical informative things. And then, um, I really liked Blink from Malcolm Gladwell's like most recent one. I thought that was really, really interesting. So I would definitely just suggest any book from Malcolm Gladwell. But that one was the most recent one I read from him. Mm, cool. Tommy, you're up. Alrighty. So, Miss Conlon, what do you like to do in your spare time when you have some downtime? Oh, <laughs> um, I don't know. Well, whenever people ask me this question, I'm just like, I'm not, I'm not really sure. But I <laughs> – Fuck you. you know, for the most part, I'm either – Honestly, because I, you know, I work for myself and everything I do is like a weird uh, outsourcing of my, you know, work in a way. Yes. Um, whether it's like I love reading, but like I'm usually reading to like try to like better myself to like yep. somehow be like a better coach. Um, obviously, entertainment too, but I would probably say traveling is one of the coolest things that I've. I used to really undervalue it because um, my parents we've traveled a decent amount, and I was always like, oh, I don't really need to like go on these vacations. Mm. But uh, before we used to just kind of like do vacations, but now that I travel for with, you know, for work, for something, right. I'll try to go somewhere that I like and then explore around it. Right. Mm. So like around actually being there. So traveling to different places and just kind of just like seeing how other people do things is just interesting to me. Like I, I competed last year in Italy, which was just cool in and of itself. And then just kind of like seeing things afterwards. Like, it's just like so interesting how things are different. So I would say probably like the most non-business thing that I do that's like fun and enjoyable would be traveling and just, I don't know, just seeing new shit. Yeah, <laughs> you guys yeah. get <laughs> No, exactly the same. Yeah, no. And um, so what about uh, someone you look up to or someone that inspires you? Tom Ahern of Entry Radio, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, yeah, someone, about, someone who inspires you, who's like a role model? Oh man, I, this is like the other awkward question. Like I literally, <laughs> oh, dude, like, I, like I feel like I like can't answer because then if I like say someone, then I'm going to like, I'm going to like be in the shower later and be like, fuck, that's not who I meant. Yeah. And then and the like, going to be there. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I would just say like in general, people that I look up to as like a general consensus are people who are just like good people, even yes. if they have like, influence. <laughs> um, which I know sounds like crazy, like, oh, okay. But like, no, like that's something <laughs> I mean, that's like, noble because there's a lot of people especially in this industry um who aren't like that and i would say that really anyone i look up to is somebody who's built something that's successful for themselves and for others and is still like a good human being (laughs) um so i can think about you know a few people like that so i don't again like naming names that i'm like oh shit i meant this person i meant that person but (laughs) i would say that uh that those are people those are qualities i look up to in people for sure not just one person and uh, finally, if you could invite three people to dinner, dead or alive, who would they be and why? Oh, man. Okay. So so this is something that I've like pondered over. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like I have to make it people who I don't know because otherwise, then again, it would be like, oh, well, I know this person or whatever. So people I don't know, <laughs> um, I've always loved Nirvana and just somehow oh. been like, 
like weirdly infatuated with like Kurt Cobain. Like I just feel like he's like an interesting person. So I feel like he would be a really cool person to have there. Obviously, he's so dead. Hundred percent. Yeah, unfortunately, he's dead. But I just feel like he'd be like a cool person to like have at dinner, right? Um, so who would um? What would your favorite song be by Nirvana? What do you what? <laughs> favorite song by Nirvana. Oh, favorite song. Oh man, uh, Heart Shape Box probably. Oh, no. Do you? What about this one? Polly wants a cracker. That's it. <laughs> Tommy, uh, Tommy, I could tell. I took my headphones off then because I could yeah. tell Tommy he had his guitar in his hand. I was up about. He pulled his guitar and he's like, "So what would uh, what would happen to me? Oh, not Polly wants a cracker. Well, I'll, I'll play Polly wants a cracker anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, hot shape box. You mean hot shape Polly? <laughs> um, and then who else would I have? So I think Polly. it would be. Oh shit! I had. Uh, Oh, Tim Ferriss. Uh, I feel yeah. like Tim yep. Ferriss is um, love him or hate him. I think he is an extremely smart person who has an eclectic like wealth mm, of knowledge. Good word, for sure, which for sure. I think is super. Like he'd be the coolest person to sit down with because he knows literally everything about fucking everything. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But don't you think so, he'd also be a massive know it all? Like, Fuck, <laughs> I'm just trying to eat my vegetables, man. <laughs> well, the funny yeah. thing about vegetables is not doing. I don't know. I just feel like he'd be like really cool to like have, he'd be and then um, he'd be amazing. I also, you know, The Rock, I feel like, is just, like, The Rock. Like, yeah, who yeah, doesn't The Rock like would be the rock? best you know in the mean? world. Uh, he's just, like, pretty, like, epic all around. Like, he's just, like, a good – he'd be, like, somebody who, like, I look up to, you know? Like, he's For just, sure. like, a good dude who's, like, built himself from nothing and is still, like, an amazing human being. So I For feel sure. like he would have really cool stories. Um, and then I was actually talking to my boyfriend about this and then he was naming off all these, he only dead people and like just like really influential people. And then he said Einstein and I was like, oh man, he would be the fourth person. I feel like, yeah. uh, cause like I probably wouldn't even be smart enough to invite him to dinner. I'd be like, whoa, bro, what are you saying? But <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe he would just like talk and uh, I would just like absorb some knowledge from him. <laughs> oh, fuck, I'd love to see the rock and Einstein, the rock and Einstein just going head to head. So Albert, what's your name? It doesn't matter what you're <laughs> But yeah, that would be uh, my very interesting dinner party. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Well, Lauren, that's awesome. Um, hey, uh, where can people find you? Um, and uh, anything you want to plug now is the time. Go for it. All right. So my website, uh, com. If you saw my name right, you'll probably find it. So it's L-A-U-R-I-N. Uh, all my social media is at Lauren Conlin. So Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all that jazz is at Lauren Conlin. Again, spell it with an I. <laughs> and then uh, I have uh, the podcast with Paul, like I mentioned, Redefine Healthy Radio. If you guys are interested in anything like health, uh, fitness, training, uh, nutrition psychology just kind of all it's not really pigeonholed into one thing it's more so uh everything and then sure. i also have a new cool project coming out which isn't out yet but i will post about it soon that me and one of my other friends celeste are doing uh celeste bonin she owns celestial bodies and um we're doing a cool project together that's going to be more just like life-based uh awesome. but basically we're gonna be we're gonna be talking about all the things that other people don't like talking about so awesome. that's that's coming out soon too uh, so if you guys follow me, you'll see me post about that. But yeah, there we go. Sweet. So you're kind of like untabooing the taboo with that last one. Yeah, that's kind of her goal because we both um, – if you guys don't follow her, she's awesome too. Cool. Uh, she – I don't know. We're both very similar in the fact that we will say whatever we want. And we don't really care. Like we don't really get embarrassed about things and we just kind of are very like, you know, we'll just say whatever. And a lot of people try to hide that kind of stuff. You know, like we talked about in the beginning, like hide stuff on social media or yep. just how they – how they live their life and we're just both not like that at all so we thought this would be a cool project to get to do together so totally that's um that's actually that's just something that resonated with me when you said it like bill and i we we try to pride ourselves on being like a like a ridiculously politically incorrect show because it's just kind of who we are like we don't we don't pride don't well, pride. I, mean, I don't I pride like, i don't pride myself on that i absolutely <laughs> pride myself on it <laughs> bring your, we're bringing your name we should this. discuss this yeah <laughs> no, i know well, what you're trying to say we like to, we like to i mean the, the phrase that i used before untabooing the taboo is, is what we like to try and do as well it's like if we're having a shit yeah. day we can talk about anxiety if we're having a good day we can talk about fucking extremely uh, extremely uh, politically correct content <laughs> <laughs> like so, jerking off in the gym jerking off in the gym and ha- being anxious while you're doing it <laughs> <laughs> for sure well thanks so much for coming on the show Lauren 
Thank you guys so much for having me on. This was an awesome conversation, and I hope you, the listeners, enjoyed this as well. For sure, for sure. Thanks, Lauren. That's uh, yeah, it's been great. That's a wrap. All right, guys. Thanks for uh, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe. If you're already a subscriber, please leave us a rating and review. That'll help us climb the charts, which is really important. Also, guys, head to www.adventurefittravel.com forward slash radio. You'll find the show notes there. Anything that was mentioned in the show will be listed there. And last but not least, head to quashcreative.com. Use the code radio for a free SEO report or report on your current or existing brand. Also, head to audibletrial.com forward slash ADVF radio. Get your uh, one free audiobook and 30 days of Audible. And last but not least, head to AdventureFit Radio. Oh my God, I can't get these intro and outros right. Sorry, guys. And last but not least, head to www.adventurefittravel.com and use the code radio for 10% off. Fucking thank God I got it done. All right, see you next week.